0: Hello creatives, I'm Joanna Penn and this is episode number 523 of the podcast and this is a solo show on my creative business review and lessons learned from this pandemic year and I'm recording this in the final days of 2020. What a year indeed. (laughs) I hope you had a wonderful holiday season and have also had time to reflect. So uh, I do this every year (laughs) And I set creative financial and health goals and I share them with you on the blog and the podcast. I've been doing this for years now and it helps keep me accountable and focused, although inevitably things change over the year And of course, this year, things changed across the whole world in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, and we all had to pivot to a new way of living and a new way of creating in many ways. So in this episode, I round up my year in creative business and reflect on my lessons learned from this very strange time So these are things I'm celebrating and of course you're welcome to leave your thoughts and your accomplishments and uh, whatever you are proud of this year, please do leave them in the comments. You can just go to thecreativepen.com forward slash podcast and go to episode 523 and I know lots of you always add comments to at the beginning of the year with your goals so now's a chance for you to reflect on what you have done and that's uh, all... (laughs) get excited about the small things as well. Surviving the pandemic so far. So I decided to make this the first thing on my list. And if you're reading this or listening to this, you can also celebrate this milestone. It has been a hell of a year, that's for sure. So, my super fit cousin got COVID early and ended up in a coma for five weeks. He's now on the way to recovery. I had a conversation with my mum about whether ventilation was something she wanted if she got COVID, or maybe she wouldn't even have the chance to receive in those early days when ventilators were the thing. Uh, Those are some harrowing times. Uh, One of my best friends was badly ill, she recovered. Another was trapped in Peru, unable to get home. She made Made it back uh, and I wrote about the importance of home in difficult times and the challenges of having a multicultural family with loved ones all over the globe at a time when travel is impossible or at least ill advised even if it is possible and as I record this uh, Jonathan hasn 't seen his mum in New Zealand for over a year and and his brothers and sisters and his dad and all of that all live on the other side of the world, so yeah, crazy times, so I did consider what I would be angry about if I died. <laughs> which I do quite a lot and really does help with deciding what you really want to do. And I did think about what I want to do with the next half of my life, because I am 45 and one could consider that to be middle age. (laughs) But of course, we all have to celebrate wherever we are. I did think deeply about how I want to spend the short, precious years we have in this life and also what I no longer want to do with my time. And I've shared some of that on the podcast and some of it remains locked in my journals in the emotional angst of a rollercoaster year. There have been moments of fear, panic, anxiety, as well as grief, sadness and depression, plus a heavy dose of boredom, frustration, anger, and pretty much everything else on the emotional spectrum, sometimes in the same day, (laughs) as the news cycle amped everything up to the max. And of course, one big lesson learned is to avoid the news as much as possible, although of course, we all want to stay informed. I haven't watched the TV news for many years now, but I found myself reading multiple news newspapers on my phone every day. Definitely doom scrolling, which was, I think, one of the words of the year. Uh, Doom scrolling, of course, going through the terrible news. Uh, So much of it. Now, unsurprisingly, I found peace of mind when walking the canal, which was pretty much every day (laughs) and out in nature away from screens. I tackled my Fernwehr, my longing for far-off places, by going on a six-day pilgrimage in October, walking the pilgrim's way from Southwark in London to Canterbury Cathedral, and I did a solo show on that on books and travel. In the early days of the pandemic, so back in sort of March and April, I went through a creative freeze and I wondered if I would ever be able to write again. Those are the sort of early days of anxiety and uh, when we really just didn't know what was happening. Talking to Mark McGuinness about creating in difficult times, which is episode 484, helped unlock me. And whatever you're going through, whatever when whenever you're listening to this in the future, it's a really useful episode. And I actually ended up having probably the most creative year in the end in terms of my written and spoken output. It is amazing what you can achieve when everything else gets cancelled and the only thing to do is work. (laughs) So I definitely feel grateful and felt grateful this year for the simple things I take for granted and I really want back in my life. And they are pretty simple. I would like to spend time with my family and cuddling my nieces and giving people hugs. I'm not much of a hugging person, but I would like to hug my family and uh, some of my friends. And I'm the eldest of five siblings. And we've only been able to catch up once this year in the summer when we had a few glorious weeks when everything seemed like it was going to be fine. (laughs) I also miss going out for drinks in a crowded bar and uh, having dinner in a busy restaurant, going to live music or theater without wearing a mask or sanitizing, and generally just being in a crowded place where you are just with other human beings, which again is it's one of those things that we never would have taken, well, we did take for granted before. I would like to visit a museum, an art gallery or any other cultural place, any time I like, in pretty much any European city I like, (laughs) at short notice. I definitely miss that. I have, in fact, as I record this, I'm meant to be, I I had booked to go to London to see some exhibitions. And that, of course, London, as I record this, is back in what they are called tier four, which is essentially lockdown and everything's cancelled. Again, I also miss travel, obviously. (laughs) I even miss... Conferences where I can hang out with other people, and I never thought I would miss conferences and other people this much. As an introvert, I'm generally very happy on my own. I am happy on my own, but and Jonathan and I live a quite quiet life generally, but I definitely miss doing things with other people. <laughs> I miss writing in my local cafe, which I managed for about a week in the middle of the summer again. And But other than that, most of this year has been spent writing here in my room. And uh, yeah, I like doing those basic things that we take for granted. And I will not take for granted again, or at least it might take a while to wear off. <laughs> and of course, I am also grateful that I was able to do much longer walks this year and really was thankful that helped. So it's a good time to reflect on what we miss and the things we're going to do when we can all get out of here. (laughs) So that was surviving the pandemic but there's also thriving in the pandemic because this year the global digital scalable business model came of age. So many news articles are still reporting that this pandemic year has accelerated digital transformation in almost every sector. A McKinsey report even notes that businesses that once mapped digital strategy in one to three year phases must now scale their initiatives in a matter of days or weeks. Now, the ramifications of this kind of transformation will continue to ripple out in the years to come. But those of us who've been working online for a decade... (laughs) Uh, It was business as usual, pretty much. And I designed my creative business to be digital first, location independent, global and scalable back in 2008. But the business model has truly come of age in 2020. While physical businesses have struggled, digital businesses have thrived. And from anecdotal evidence across the independent author community, it has been a very good year for many and certainly has been so for me. Many book lovers moved to ebooks and digital audiobooks when they couldn't get print. And those who love print bought more of their books online. I attended the Future Book online conference in November 2020 and many of the traditional publishers noted that they were pivoting some of their business to be the model that we, the indie authors, have been running for over a decade. So my most significant business assets are my intellectual property rights, the books I create, my copyright, my email list, my podcast and my website, all of which I own and control. And once again, they have proved their worth. I can send out an email and I can make money. I can do a podcast and make money. As I increasingly sell ebooks and digital audiobooks direct to customers through payhip.com forward slash the creative pen, I can also have that money in my bank account in a couple of hours rather than days or months or even years, as many authors experience. This has been an, a great comfort and again, something I did as an afterthought before this year. And now it's becoming one of my primary focuses. And during those early days of the pandemic, when I wondered, whether my income and we went, the stock market plunged, recession hit, everything looked really bad. And I tightened the belt and did everything ready for the income to drop off a cliff. And it didn't. (laughs) And this year has definitely proved that direct sales is a critical part of my author ecosystem and something I'm going to do more of. And no, you don't get ranking. Nobody even knows about those sales but what the people who buy the books obviously do. But the point is that it's money in your bank account as opposed to someone else's. And that is very important at a time when the economy has been so variable. So my main goal for 2020, on January the 1st, 2020, when we didn't know any of this was coming, my main goal was Operation Evergreen a long-term perspective that focused on embedding practices to sustain and grow my what is now a mature author business. I have definitely doubled down on that and increasingly let go of things that will not last. So digital first is a resilient strategy and the pandemic has proved its worth. Multiple streams of income from intellectual property assets that you own and control is a great way to ride the ups and downs. Of course, there will now be more competition online as all of those who shunned it before will now be arriving on the scene. So how can you design your author business to be more resilient for the future? So to get into detail, the various sides of my business... The Creative Pen Nonfiction for Authors. A big part of my Operation Evergreen goal was to focus on building more intellectual property assets while also overhauling my existing platform to make it more evergreen. I have written and published three nonfiction books this year, Audio for Authors, Audiobooks, Podcasting and Voice Technologies. Pretty big book, and everything I have learned over the last decade really about audio. Very pleased with that book. And it is in all the editions: ebook, paperback, hardback, large print, and self-narrated audiobook editions. Also, your author business plan, take your author career to the next level. And Artificial Intelligence, Blockchain and Virtual Worlds, the Impact of Converging Technologies on Authors and the Publishing Industry. And Those last two were done (laughs) towards the real tail end of the year in the second lockdown. They were both unexpected. And I reflect on why time off was so important in my personal episode on books and travel on the pilgrimage, because that really did help me with positioning myself for those books at the end of the year. I also had a goal to finish the content audit, simplification and redesign of the creative I decided once more against a redesign because one of the things you read a lot about branding is by the time you're sick of your brand or your d- website design, other people are only just discovering you <laughs> and it's functional. So whatever. (laughs) But I did spend a lot of time archiving content and I no longer accept guest posts and I'm cleaning up the backlist essentially. I'm not doing webinars anymore, you might have noticed, and I am barely on social media. My focus has been to keep simplifying and only focusing on things that I can create and that my community finds useful. And that is basically my books and my podcast. Speaking of which, it has been another year of the Creative Pen Podcast, including landmark episode 500, writing and business lessons from 500 episodes and 11 years of the Creative Pen Podcast. The show has now surpassed 5.1 million downloads across 223 countries. Thank you all for listening and a special thank you to my patrons for supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash the Creative Pen and to the wonderful sponsor, Kobo Writing Life, Draft2Digital, IngramSpark, Find Your Way Voices and Pro Writing Aid for continuing their sponsorship as we go forward. I did develop some new mini courses for authors, and I did this at the beginning of the pandemic when I wanted to make some money quickly. So I did mini courses on multiple streams of income, turn what you know into an online course, which has sold really well because lots of people want to build online courses now because of the pandemic. Also co-writing a book with Jay Thorne and of course your author business plan. In terms of professional speaking, I spoke at the self-publishing show live in March 2020, just a few days before we basically all went home and then the lockdown started. All other events got obviously cancelled, but I did speak at a lot of online summits over the summer until I got Zoomed out, so many others. Surprisingly, it is just as tiring to present on Zoom as it is in person, without the benefits of travel and in-person networking. So now I'm being pretty hardcore about saying no as much as possible unless there is a significant audience or payment or if it's a topic I want to speak on like AI and the future of publishing. I said yes to everything in those months and then the summer just disappeared in a whirl of online speaking. I'm sure it was the same for you. (laughs) Mad times. So that's the creative pen. What about J.F. Penn, my thrillers and dark fantasy? I've actually written two novels this year, which I'm really proud of because I'm usually a one novel and maybe one novella a year type of person and also completed the Map Walker trilogy for in audio. So I did write Map of the Impossible, Matt Walker book three and finished that trilogy. I also wrote Tree of Life, Arcane book 11, and both of those are available in the Map Walker books are available in audio And Tree of Life is currently under production in audio and you can buy those Matt Walker books directly from me at payhip.com forward slash the creative pen. They're all available there and they're filtering through the various audio platforms at the moment wonderfully narrated by Charlie Sanderson and published through Find Findaway Voices which I'm really thrilled about. I delayed because obviously I wrote the first Map of Shadows a couple of years ago now and I just didn't find the right person or I, I thought about doing it myself but I'm so pleased with Charlie Sanderson who, who narrates the three. Her voice is what the voice was in my head so I was thrilled to find her through Find Way and they what they found it for me, which was brilliant. I also rebranded my Brooke and Daniel thrillers with new covers and new metadata. So back in April 2020, I decided to reboot my fiction income after discussing it with the wonderful Michael Brent Collings, who came on the show once more. He's a very popular guest and he came on the show to talk about rebooting your fiction and uh, was super honest and brilliant about sharing all of that. So I took his uh, advice and I was able to 10x yes 10x my monthly JF Pen fiction revenue with a combination of Amazon ads, Facebook ads, and bookbub ads, email blasts, and other marketing. So I was really happy. I did that for I think April and May, and then I just decided that I hated it. <laughs> so I did I don't hate the fiction I hate spending time on paid ads I've said this before and I just resented every minute and this is this was May June ish I the pandemic had was still ongoing but it settled down into more of a routine it was summer we were walking a lot and I was just thinking about what do I want to change in my life and what do I not want to do at all or what do I want to do less on in order to free up time for other things so I stopped pretty much everything and the revenue dropped, (laughs) as expected. But life is too short to do things that make you miserable. And this is, of course, another lesson from the pandemic. I would go back to my old day job if I wanted to do that. So what I decided, uh, I wanted to ask the question, what would it look like if this was easy? I did not want to have the grind of... High production and ads—that's just not me. And my author business is about giving me the freedom to choose what I create and how I spend my time. Now, I love researching book research, one of my favourite things to do, and writing fiction. And I'm very proud of the books I create. I also love content marketing, and I'll come to, on to books and travel in a minute. But I really hate the time spent on paid ads and the the. The profit margin is not that great anyway. So I considered what would make things easy and sustainable for me. So I've had Stone of Fire, Arcane Thriller number one, as perma-free for six years now. And it continues to bring people into the series, which is now 11 books. It is easy to promote with free booksy and bookbub ads, which is essentially what I do now. And I decided to do something similar for Map of Shadows and Desecration, which have a trilogy. So I put them at 99 cents, 99p, and now all I do is run permanently run BookBub ads, check out David Gochran's wonderful book, BookBub ads expert, and my interview with him a couple of months ago. And I also use free booksy or bargain booksy on those first in series books. I apply for Kobo writing life promotions every few weeks, and I email my list every couple of weeks with specials. Now, That might sound a lot if you're not someone who's experienced at this, but to be honest, it is incredibly low maintenance. I essentially check things maybe once a week, if that. So I can get on with creating which is what I love the best. And I am so happy with this. I've been striving. Obviously, we all hear a lot of people who do very well with various advertising for fiction but uh, just when you write cross genre when you publish wide when you are not in KU there are lots of things that you want more and for me it is freedom as ever so books and travel clearly it was not a great year for travel (laughs) But I did manage to do a few things to keep my wanderlust at bay. And uh, you can follow my travels even around here on Instagram at JFPenAuthor. So we did get to Bilbao and San Sebastian in February, just before the pandemic arrived. I I was looking through my photos and I'd been taking screenshots before going to Bilbao and of things happening in Wuhan and China. So I was clearly aware of the pandemic, or it wasn't called a pandemic at that point. I was aware of this virus, but um, it certainly wasn't something we thought about. And there's photos of us in, if you've been to San Sebastian and, and Bilbao, you know, famous for Pinchos which are known as tapas in other parts of Spain but in that region the Basque region uh, we were crammed into these tiny bars and it, all the things we can't do now so that was great Bilbao and San Sebastian and then I did everything got cancelled obviously but in October I did manage to do a 50 kilometre Chiltern Way ultra marathon in a day and also six day solo walking the Pilgrim's Way and I have all my pictures and my personal podcast called this two shall pass on the Books and Travel show. I have found that the Books and Travel podcast has kept my wanderlust in check, or perhaps just inspired more trips, to be honest. I have Done that every two weeks with interviews from Namibia to Iceland, from Mumbai to the vineyards of France, and many more. And very happy, just loving that show, to be honest. I did do several solo shows one on Druids, Freemasons, and Frankenstein, the darker side of Bath, England, as well as one on the importance of home in difficult times plus walk your own race from the 50k walk and my personal experience on the pilgrim's way and I do love books and travel and as I enter the third year of production I have lots more to share personally and many more interviews on the way you can subscribe to the books and travel podcast on your favorite podcast app or just go to booksandtravel.page and you'll find everything Then we come to health. And one of my goals for 2020 was, in my 45th year, I intend to be in the best physical shape of my life. And on my wall, I've had an affirmation all year, fit 45 for 2020. And I have indeed achieved this, and I'm pretty thrilled about it. So I started out well, working out twice a week with my personal trainer in the gym, which has really made a huge difference to me. And when the pandemic hit, I had the inevitable few wobbles months emphasis on wobbly as the overindulgence to cope with the stress like many people which also overlapped with the peak period of Cadbury's cream eggs here in the UK which I definitely had a lot of but then uh, I pulled myself together and I'm actually healthier now than I have been in a long time thanks to a few things and I mention this because if there's just so much that health does for our writing and our creative life, which is why I talk about it here because my health is the biggest thing that impacts my creative my creativity my writing my my happiness my life and so I think this is important to talk about so a few things made a difference first of all, twice weekly weight training I've been doing a lot of weights uh, with my personal trainer Dan and I it's basically an investment in my future. The money I spend now will mean I have a better life now and in the future and potentially save me much more in the future and potentially add years onto my life. Who knows? And I've recounted my various stories of pain and physical issues in The Healthy Writer, and there's been a lot of them over the years. And I did have some acute shoulder problems in September 20. which is when I started working with Dan for shoulder rehab and postural change to correct decades of desk work. So before we had to leave the gym in March when everything closed down I deadlifted a personal best PB weight of 80 kilos which is heavier than me (laughs) I'm happy to say and that was pretty exciting. Then we went to Zoom And eventually we did some social distancing in person in between lockdowns. And uh, in fact, just this morning, I was working out with Dan again on Zoom. And I actually have quite a little personal gym at home now. Lots of kettlebells and dumbbells and bands and all kinds of things. And I love my workouts. I feel so good. And I consider them fundamental to my physical and mental health and my creativity. And they really have a lot of the times been the highlights of my weeks in some of these lockdown periods. Also walking pretty much every single day. (laughs) During the two lockdowns we've had so far, we've done eight to 10 kilometres, sometimes 15 to 20 kilometres. And of course, I've done longer walks, including 50k ultra and the six day pilgrimage. And again, walking is critical for my mental health. And I've shared lots of pictures from the canal on Instagram at JF Author this year. And I shared some of the swans with their six cygnets earlier on in the pandemic at the beginning. And now there's uh, one left, one fully grown swan left with the parents and uh, the others have gone. So it's been a joy, really. I also had a goal of schedule more time off. (laughs) Block out time in the calendar for rest and holiday for its own sake, not just book research or work conferences and speaking. (laughs) Yes, we all had some weird time that was not really time off. But I think we've all watched a lot of Netflix and a lot of TV, I must say. I have to uh, say that I'm not someone who usually watches Regency romances, but having just watched Bridgerton on Netflix, I can heartily recommend it, especially for the ladies. Now, back to my goal. <laughs> I was just thinking that time off has involved quite a lot of TV this year, but I think in a way the pandemic has changed our idea of what time off is. Is and by staying home, I have worked more hours than ever before. I think I have worked harder this year than I have ever done, but equally, I have walked more and had time to think, even though I think I work pretty much six or seven days a week most often, seven days a week for most of this year. But that hasn't been all day every day, it's been after I've spent two or three or more hours doing other things like working out or walking or that type of thing. We've also slept a lot. I don't know about your sleep, but we've had some really a lot of sleep. (laughs) And that is a good thing. In fact, I saw an article in one of the papers saying that this is the first time in generations that people have actually had enough sleep. And this is fantastic. We need sleep for our creativity and also being able to prioritize health and fitness. It seems like a lot of people have been able to do that this year because they're not commuting. I also want to mention intermittent fasting or IF. Now, I'm not a doctor. This is not health advice. Please do your own investigation and see a professional about your health. This is just my opinion and experience. But IF has probably been the most transformative thing for my body shape and also my health. Like many people, I've spent much of my adult life worrying about my weight and yo-yoing up and down at various stages, trying to give up types of food, trying fad diets and generally failing miserably to stop the pounds creeping on. Now, I enjoy my food. I love my food. I also love a drink or two or three with friends. So I was never going to stay on any kind of restrictive regime for long. After much reading and investigation, I started intermittent fasting on 25th of July, 2020, and after five months, I am down two dress sizes and feeling great, as well as being able to do my ultra with very and um, six day walk with very little inflammation and no injury. Jonathan started a few weeks after me and has also dropped several sizes as well as reducing gut issues and there is so many things I would love to talk about but this is not an IF podcast. (laughs) We do love this way of eating and feel fantastic on it. If you don't know, it's mainly uh, sort of called an eating window approach and you don't eat and then you do eat and you eat within a certain window. And we mainly have a 24 regime, four hours of eating, usually between four and eight every day. And it's not like four hours of all the eating, all the four hours. It's eat enough food. And uh, and sometimes with a longer window, certainly over Chris- Christmas, it's been more like 16, eight basically. And IF is mainly about when you eat as opposed to what you eat. Now, I know that eating and body size and weight are emotional subjects, but they're also fundamental to our health. So I wanted to talk about this. I didn't want to ignore it. I want to... I I and Jonathan and I have... Experienced so many positive things. I can't. You you won't even believe it. So, I want you. If you're interested, please check out these books and podcasts. Okay. So the two books that are a great start are "Delay, Don't Deny" by Gin Stevens. That's G I N Stevens, which is, and she self published that book a few years ago. And so it's "Delay, Don't Deny." Then uh, this year she put out "Fast Feast Repeat," which is a more scientific version. I also recommend the laid back guide to intermittent fasting by Kayla Cox. That's the one I found first and it just keeps it really simple. And then if you want to get into the science, definitely read the obesity code unlocking the secrets of weight loss by dr jason fung f u n g or check out jason fung's videos on youtube if you prefer videos also check out the intermittent fasting stories podcast with jin stevens and her guests i love this show it is probably the only show now i listen to every week and it is very encouraging if you've spent a lot of your time struggling with body issues there are People of all genders, all races, all ages, all body types. So you will be able to find a story that relates to your story. Also, people with chronic health conditions and all the different things. So that's the Intermittent Fasting Stories podcast with Jin Stevens. So <laughs> please don't ask me any specific questions about IF. It is a personal journey. So please go down the rabbit hole of research for yourself. I just wanted to tell you what has been pretty transformational for us. It is no longer a diet. It is a lifestyle. And we certainly intend to continue eating this way. As Jin Stevens says, people come to IF for the weight loss and they stay for the health benefits. Yep. Intermittent fasting for the win. And I know a lot of you already do this because many of you have emailed me and messaged me, but I wanted to put it in my year because it's been so, it's been one of the biggest things for a long time, to be honest. So business and finances. So as in the previous section, thriving in the pandemic, the digital first business model came of age in 2020, and my business is a lot more profitable than in 2019. I've made more revenue and have also spent less on things like travel and research trips, which I intend to remedy next year. I really want to spend some money on those things. I have saved and invested far more than expected. I've given away more and I will pay more tax, which is great because we are all going to have to pay for this somehow. So I'm thrilled because it's Uh, obviously, I'm not thrilled for people who've had a bad year financially, but for those of us who have done, this is great because we get to support other people. Jonathan and I have also had time to think about where the business is going. Things are so smooth now. I have got so many processes sorted and cut out things so much that business as usual doesn't actually take much to run. And I am very happy being an independent creative with no need to grow the business. I don't want employees. I don't want to publish other people. In short, the business is pretty boring unless you're the one doing the creating, which is me. So work is not just about money it's also about meaning. So in August 2020 Jonathan left the Creative Pen Limited to go back into the pharmaceutical industry as a senior statistician and programmer. Let's face it pharma needs all the help it can get right now. He is still a company director, but I am now the sole employee and it's great to see him loving his career and stepping into new things. So given that the business has been our sole income for the last five years, it's definitely lifted the pressure I have felt around bringing in money. I am still an ambitious creative with goals around financial independence, but it's good to have another stream of income. My main financial goal for the year was to consistently invest in my ISA, which is like a US IRA and SIP superannuation pension 401k, and increase our monthly payments to meet these investment goals. With very little to spend money on this year, we more than exceeded the goal and certainly intend to keep investing at this higher level next year. And finally, one of my goals was to embrace my curiosity around the future of creativity. So I've certainly done this and reported every few weeks on changes in exponential technologies in the futurist segment on the podcast. And in December 2020, I produced Artificial Intelligence, Blockchain and Virtual Worlds, the impact of emerging technologies on authors and the publishing industry. That encapsulated a lot of my thoughts on this fast moving topic. And I'm really proud of that book. It again, a bit like the audio for authors was a decade of experience. I feel that the AI book was and encapsulated the last four years really of my own development and So I'm really proud of this, especially as it hit number one in the AI category on Amazon.com. The first time I've written a more technical book, and even though I didn't have to sell that many copies to hit number one in that subcategory, I am super proud of it. (laughs) It also marks a new phase for me as I focus on making sure we can surf the technological changes that are fast approaching, and more on that in my 2021 goals tomorrow as every year there are things I didn't achieve. Licensing my works in translation and a book on how to write a novel are probably the biggest ones but hey plans change and I am far happier with my year than I expected. Early on I think we all expected there's been some terrible things but I didn't even think I I might even be able to write a single book let alone what I have done. So we have to take our happiness where we can to be honest and despite the trials of the pandemic I am ever optimistic about the years ahead. And there is hope in the air as I record this as vaccines are being rolled out around the world in what was considered impossible. Just six months, nine months ago, no one thought we could be where we are now. And yes, I want some of my old life back travel in particular. But I also intend to learn from this year and focus on what really matters and not go back into some of the practices I used to do how did you do in 2020? Please share what you achieved in terms of your goals for the year in the comments. Just go to thecreativepen.com forward slash podcast and you'll find episode number 523 in the list. You can also tweet me at The Creative Pen. So I'll be back tomorrow with my 2021 goals, always my favourite time of the year. And I think we are all ready to turn the page on 2020. So happy writing and I'll see you next time